Yeah. Go squad. Hey. Look. I wish everyone could tell me exactly what they need from me The first second they speak to me I'm not with all the secrecy secretly beefing me Behind closed doors but playing it peacefully For the streets to see my have some decency Don't move like a puto Could at least keep it a buck like Anton Tacumbo I made north of the border like Vito Rizzuto Throwing parties in Miami Welcome to the Keeping the Buck podcast I'm Jake Weinbach Today I'm joined by my Behind the Buck past colleagues Dalton Sell and Lucas Vallon. We're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks offseason preview. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on again. It's been a minute. I'm really hot because of the weather out there, you know, 90 degrees. Tough out there. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's get right into it. So, takeaways from John Horace offseason press conference. And we're going to start with some pending unrestricted free agents. Wesley Matthews and Javon Carter. Now, starting with Wes, Horst talked about that he wants to retain Wes. Wes has expressed his desire to stay in Milwaukee. So I just think it's a no-brainer that he'll come back on, you know, a similar veteran minimum contract, you know. And then with Javon, he said that similar thing about him and that he loves his intensity, his bulldog mentality. He's just a great fit within the Bucs system and culture. So do you guys think we should retain both Wes or Javon or one of them or neither of them? Dalton, what do you think? I think you should definitely retain both of them. I wasn't so surprised at the at horse talking about Wesley Matthews just because I know that Matthews is like kind of close to the front office and ownership. Like he held out last season. He turned down offers from other teams to come to Milwaukee. And, you know, he played kind of a key role. So I think bringing him back, he'll, He's not going to command a lot. I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Just bring him back. He's a key piece. He's not who he used to be, but in the right role, he can thrive and just play his role. But I was a little more surprised with Carter because, you know, maybe Horst, like, has to say that he wants him back because free agency hasn't, like, started and he's, you know, still there. But I feel like Javon is not coming back unless George Hill is moved. Like, he's not going to come back and – be the third string point guard after he just, you know, put up the best numbers of his career in Milwaukee. Somebody's going to look at that and say, Hey, that guy played pretty good when he got time with the Bucks. you know, let's make him our new backup point guard. And he'd obviously take that. He would, he'd be wrong not to. So I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe horse was just saying, you know, we'd love to have him back, you know, as our third string, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to have to move Hill for any chance for Javon to come back. Right, I think Javon's going to take more of convincing to come back rather than Wes. Lucas, what do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking the same, but I think particularly, like specifically Wesley, we need to bring back Wes Matthews because he became a starter for us during the playoffs. Like he was huge for us, and nobody would have expected that on a guy that we just brought in midway through the season. And he was, the first time around, we didn't use him properly, I feel like. And this time we did. We actually put him on the best defense or best perimeter player this time in the bubble. I feel like we failed to do that with Jimmy Butler, you know, because we didn't have him on him some games in the fourth quarter. So he was big for us defensively and offensively. And with Javon, the same thing goes about Hill needing to be moved because he was big too. 
Because I feel like when he was on the court for us, we were a better team. I think we got worse when we brought Hill in. Yep, and that's what Wes was brought in for. You know, his tenacity on the defensive end, his ability to shoot the three-pointer as well. But he's really that perfect 3 and D guy. And to get that value on a veteran minimum contract, like I said, it just feels like a no-brainer to bring him back. Here's what John Horst said about him in quote during his press conference. He stated, he ended up starting for us in the playoffs and gave more to this team in terms of blood, sweat, and tears than anyone and just an ultimate competitor, an ultimate teammate, understands his role, and understands how to maximize his role. He was incredibly efficient and effective at what he did in guarding some of the best players that our game has. Love what he did, and I think if we have an opportunity to have him back, and I know that he's expressed that that's something that he would like to do, hopefully we can figure something out when the time is right. So, evidently, it seems like the Bucks want to bring Wes back, and Wes wants to stay in Milwaukee. And as his career, you know, comes to a close here in the coming years, I think Wes just wants to compete for that ring and stay home in Milwaukee. In terms of Javon, though, uh, Horst said a similar thing for Javon, but obviously we need to have a role for him. If he's going to come back, he needs to be that backup point guard or at least have a spot in the rotation. But he is a great fit with our system and our culture. So there's optimism for bringing both of them back. Now let's move on to restricted free agent Jordan Wara. Horse did not address Wara in his presser, which is kind of interesting. But Wara is a guy that never really cracked the rotation for this title contending team. But he has the talent. He's a great, great offensive talent. But the struggles on the defensive end and his efforts kind of feel like that cost him a rotation spot moving forward, especially in the playoffs. So do you guys think that we should bring Jordan Wara back? Or do you think we should let him go? Yeah, I'm all for giving him like one more chance. I know that he, he's got issues. Like, you know, he's really inconsistent. Sometimes he'll be great. And then the next game he won't be. And I feel like part of that is maybe because of his role, just changing all the time, you know, like one night he's going to come out and play 25 minutes. And then the next night he's just not going to play at all. So it's kind of tough to get your footing like that, but I wouldn't mind bringing him back because I feel like there are two big needs on the roster that he fills, like, well, that he can fill. And that's the wing depth and the bench scoring. Milwaukee's bench scoring was really bad this year. I've said it a hundred times, mostly because Bobby was in the starting five for a good year, chunk of the year, but they, they came back to bite them. And war is a guy that can fix that. You know, I think when he started this year, he started in like 13 games, I believe it was, he was averaging like 15, 16 points per game. So the scoring is there but the role isn't there because like you kind of said, he's got the other issues, whether it's defense or shot selection or even passing the ball, it's just not there, but I wouldn't mind bringing him back for just one more year to see, you know, like, Hey, do we have something here? You know, can, can we get something out of this mid second round pick that we drafted? Cause the bucks need to, you know, do that. They don't have too many young pieces that can stay on the roster for cheap and help them. I, I think Wara is, so I would like to see him get maybe a little more involved next year right away. Like they tried to do early last season. I remember he was in the rotation a little early on and just kind of faded in and out, but I'd like to see him back for sure. Yeah, um, I would be on board with bringing him back too. I don't actually particularly like him that much though because of those things such as the inconsistency, the shot selection, but 
I would grow to like him if he could fix those things because you've he talked Dalton talked about when he was starting he was putting up big numbers so we've seen that he's a capable scorer and we do need a guy to fill that role and the third year sometimes for some guys could be like the big breakout year so if that's the case for him too I'd be on board with giving him one one more shot to prove that he is a great offensive talent. He's a great shot maker off the dribble, and it is something that we need. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The Bucks can match any offer sheet that he gets from other teams as a restricted free agent. On to Brooke Lopez. Horst praised Lopez. He went out of his way to praise how valuable Lopez is to this team and to our defensive identity and system. Um, the way he spoke about Brooke, it didn't seem like he's a candidate to get traded. From this offseason is what I took from from what his from what he said, but he'll be on an expiring 13.9 million contract, and he'll enter the final year of his contract with the Bucks. So, do you guys think there's any chance that Brook Lopez gets traded this this season? And do you think he should or not? I don't think that he will. I really just don't think that they're gonna go all in to make that really big move. You know, like it's a proven fact that they can win a championship with him. You know, I know that was before his back surgery and all that, but he came back from the back surgery and looked pretty good. I know horse talked about in there, like he was, he was great coming back. You know, he looked great. And for a guy that just had back surgery, you know, you could maybe tell just like a little bit, but it was nothing like too crazy. So I think with the off season here and some more rest, you know, he'll be ready to go for next year. And, I definitely think that he's just kind of a key piece to the Bucks. Like I know everybody loves small ball. I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but what Brooke brings defensively, it's, it's valuable. And, you know, you can't just say, Oh, well, we'll find another guy that can do the same thing. Lopez does. The one concern I have with Brooke is the three point shooting. Cause I know everybody's like, Oh, well, Brooke's the perfect center for this team. Cause he can shoot. But you look at his percentages aside from that first year where he just went crazy they're not really that good. And, you know, I've always thought, you know, can he get that back? Can he get back up to 36, 37%? And we didn't really, we haven't really seen that since 2018 through 19. So that's going to be the big thing I'm kind of looking for, but I think he'll be back in Milwaukee on opening night for sure. Yeah. I'm not seeing him being traded as too big of a possibility, but well, I like what horse said in his presser about him because he said he looks good and he looked good when he was playing too. And you could tell when he came back that the defense for the Bucks got a lot better because throughout the regular season, there wasn't really much depth at that position. That's why they went and made the trade to get Surge. And you could see that they were struggling to defend the interior with Giannis and Bobby having to play the five. So when he was there, the defense was a lot better, at least interior. I mean, it's true. I mean, Milwaukee's defense is better with Brook Lopez in the lineup. Obviously, there's sometimes where teams like the Celtics can expose our drop coverage, which makes Brooks so well when we're in that drop coverage with his ability to cleanse the paint, protect the rim. But yeah, I think on the offensive end, like you said, Dalton, he's got to keep that efficiency up from three-point range. His ability to space the floor as well is a huge part of our whole system offensively and defensively. So we need him to keep up that production. And he's getting older. He'll turn 35 years old next April. So we'll see. I mean, 
I've always been a big fan of Brooks. He's a, he was a big part of our championship run. He's a big part of what the Bucks do. Moving on to the NBA draft now, guys. So obviously, as a title contender, it's always a possibility for the Bucks to trade their first round pick. They have not kept their first round pick since 2018 when they took Dante DiVincenzo with a 17th overall pick. So I hope they keep the 24th pick this year. What do you guys think about keeping the pick? And do you have three favorite prospects that you would like the Bucks to select this year? Yeah, I I really wouldn't mind if they traded the pick. You know, I'm all for adding a young impact piece that can come in and, you know, develop with the team, which I said before is something they really don't have at the moment, aside from maybe Wara, but even then hardly. But I think trading it's like a fine option if you're getting like a proven player. Like if we trade that pick and get like PJ Washington in return, I'm cool with that because I've seen what he can do for three years and he fills some holes in the roster that we'll talk about in a little bit, but you just don't know what you're going to get with the draft picks. And aside from Giannis and Brogdon, the Bucks really haven't hit on their first round picks in a few years. You know, the last two that we have are uh, Dante, DJ Wilson, and I think Rashad Vaughn was right before that. So it's kind of, Oh yeah, Von Maker, yeah. So yeah, yeah, even more even more. It's just been kind of up and down. And I wouldn't mind them keeping it, but at the same time, I get why they would trade it. Because you know, like they're all in on a championship, you know. Some people say, well, they don't have time to develop somebody. They gotta get somebody that can win now. And I can see that. I can see that point of view. But then again, you know, you look at somebody like Golden State, who's got like a Jordan Poole, who was a late first round pick. There are guys in there. You've just got to be able to hit on that pick. So it'll be interesting. But if they do keep it, three guys kind of on my board are Liddell. I've been a big, you know, we need a small ball for. I think he'd be a great option just because he's got that build. You know, a lot of guys that he's been compared to are P.J. Tucker and Grant Williams. Well, what do they have in common? You know, P.J. Tucker helped the Bucs win a title and the Bucs made a run at Grant Williams at the trade deadline last year. You know, so he fits that profile of, what the team is looking for and he had kind of an outlier shooting season his junior year at Ohio State but if he could translate that into the NBA with everything else that he brings I think he'd be he'd be a perfect fit like the perfect fit but if he's not there two other guys are Christian Braun just to fill that wing vacancy I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a little bit too but just get a guy in there you know a winner somebody that can come in and help and the other one's Dale and Terry, just to, you know, shore up the guard depth, something he's got a lot of potential, I think. And yeah, Liddell is kind of, you know, it's Liddell and then a big gap for me, but it'll be interesting. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say, too. If they, well, I would be in support of them trading the pick if they can get an upgrade because they've traded a lot of their past picks and they've gotten, you know, a pick they use for Jordan Wara and all that. But if they keep it, the guy that I'm the biggest on, and I feel like I need to defend myself on this, so I'm going to go in-depth on why I feel this way, is Walker Kessler from Auburn. And it's because defensively he gives you everything that Brooke Lopez can give you. And I understand the concerns offensively about he can't shoot the three well and he's not really developed with anything inside other than dunks. But he's 20 years old. And he's not going to have to contribute right away if they can retain Portis 
and they still have Lopez. He has time to develop that stuff. So if he develops an outside shot, he can be what Brooke Lopez has been for the Bucks. So that's why I like Kessler. And then my other two are Liddell, who we just talked about, so I don't really need to go in detail on him. And Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. I'm worried about him, though, because he played at a small school and he was producing against the smaller colleges, so I don't know if he'll be able to translate that into the NBA. So that's what I'm worried about with him. But if he is able to do what he did in college in the NBA, Jalen Williams is going to be a great pick. He's a great shooter. And he does a lot offensively. And his wingspan is massive, too. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he's got long arms. He'll be able to get into the passing lanes defensively, get a lot of steals and stuff. So, yeah, those are my three guys. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I don't want to roast Walker Kessler, but I know he's been linked to a lot to the Bucs in recent mock drafts. But I got to be honest with you, Lucas, I hate that pick. Just because there are so many other options that I think would be a much better fit for the Bucks for both the present and long-term future. I mean, if 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 Kessler is drafted to the Bucks, I don't think he'd play for his first full season behind Brooke, Bobby, and even Giannis at the five, and maybe another free agent. So I think we can get, you know, a veteran minimum center on a minimum contract to, you know, take that backup center role. And for the long-term future, I don't see much upside in Kessler. He was the best shot-blocking center in college basketball last year. But I don't think that the Bucks should go in that direction over their other needs with versatility on the wing, shot-making, and playmaking. So that's just how I see uh, – that's just my opinion on Kessler. But, Dalton, what do you think about him? Yeah, I get the intrigue. I certainly do. Kind of like you said, the biggest concern I have is the lack of a three-point shot and then kind of the opportunity. Like, if you bring Brooke and Bobby back, he's going to be kind of in like that Serge Ibaka role where he doesn't get a lot of minutes and he'll get the time when somebody's, you know, taking an off night or something like that. But the opportunity is not going to be there. And while I'm all for developing for the future, the best development is getting playing time. And he just wouldn't be able to get that in Milwaukee if Brooke and Bobby come back. And like you said, yeah, a veteran center on like a minimum just as like an insurance policy. That's kind of the way to go, I think. And Walker's lack of a three-point shot, that kind of worries me. I know, Brooke, like I said before, Brooke Lopez's three-point shot is kind of hit or miss. But I just, I wouldn't hate the pick, you know, like I wouldn't be burning my bucks gear because i could see the vision i could see what they're trying to do but a piece like if liddell was on the board or braun was on the board and they took kessler i might be a little more like upset just because i feel like those are guys that could come in immediately and there's a role there you know they're not coming to be a backup piece to develop they're coming and can help immediately right yeah i mean kessler will be good pro as a defensive anchor for a team and I think it'll be a first round pick, but I just don't think the Bucks should select them at 24, at least based on all the other intriguing prospects that should be available. My personal top three are EJ Liddell, Jalen Williams, and Dalen Terry. So we're kind of on the same page for the most part, but I, I love Dalen Terry. I think he's a great, great asset 
for both the present and long-term future. I think he'd crack the Bucks rotation next year because um, he can play both point guard and on the wing. He has a seven-foot wingspan as a guard. So he's a great playmaker. That was showcased at Arizona. Um, and he can – he's just a winner. You know, he's one of those competitive guys that love to get out on the floor and compete. And I love those high-character guys, high-effort guys that will fit the Bucks culture and can also fit the system defensively and offensively. His shot is the only concern I have, but he seemed to be doing good in that department and workouts and at the Combine. So I'm not really worried about that. I think it'll be a work in progress as he gets time. So Terry is probably my favorite prospect for the Bucks right now and heading into the draft. Second, EJ Liddell. Not many people are high on Liddell because he's not going to be a star in the league. He's not going to be a superstar talent. But he's one of those guys that will be a star in his role, just like Bobby Portis, just like Pat Connaughton. He's one of those guys that can do all the little things as, you know, a Swiss Army knife as a forward. And, yes, I'd compare him to Grant Williams, P.J. Tucker, even a, a tad of Draymond Green. But he's a guy that can shoot. He can space the floor. And he he's the kind of guy that would un- unlock small ball lineups for the Bucks as well. I, th- I just think he's a perfect fit within our system off the bench. And he'd be able to compete right away in the rotation with room for growth. Let's move on to free agency now, guys. So the Bucks, if they resign Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton, which is expected, they're two fan favorites that are integral parts of our team. If they resign both, they're going to be deep in the luxury tax. So in free agency, it's likely that they're not going to have much flexibility. They'll have the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is around $4 million. But a lot of the free agent targets, it seems like they're going to be on minimum contracts or around there. Just low-cost guys with opportunity for high reward. So who are three of your favorite targets in free agency for the Bucks? My top three, I'd have to say Dennis Schroeder. No order. Dennis Schroeder, TJ Warren, and then just kind of looking around, a guy like Joe Ingles is just like a, a low-risk take-a-flyer-on, but... Dennis Schroeder, I was pushing the agenda even even dating back to last offseason, maybe. You know, he's a guy, and even throughout this season, like the George Hill signing, when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. But, you know, Dennis would have been better, maybe. And as the season went on, I was pushing, you know, Schroeder to Milwaukee before the trade deadline. When I heard they were talking, it made sense. And I really thought it was going to happen, but it just never did. And then with how Hill's production played out down the year and into the playoffs it was just like oh well you know a guy like Schroeder would have been perfect give us that that boost off the bench that scoring boost that playmaking that Hill couldn't do and simply so this offseason I think he's going to leave Houston he's kind of a vet in there looking to rebuild I was kind of surprised he didn't like push for a buyout last year but yeah, I think he'll be a free agent, probably want to join a contender. He'll probably do it for cheap. I know he joined Boston on a cheap deal last year. So I don't think he's going to be in for a huge raise. I think he'll take probably another prove-it deal to try and prove his worth. And the best place to do that might be Milwaukee. You know, they have a, if they trade George Hill, they have a spot open. They need bench scoring. I think he'd be a great ball handler in the second unit. As for TJ Warren, he's another low-risk guy. I just want to take a take a chance on 
get a big wing in there, somebody that's been a proven scorer throughout his career. I know he's only played four games in two years because of those stress fractures in his foot. But on a really cheap deal, I'd be willing to take the risk just because the potential is there. You know, he's really versatile. Put him at a couple positions, line him up wherever, bring a lot of bench scoring. He's a solid three-point shooter. And he's, he'd, he'd be really good. I think he's, you know, looking to prove himself. I don't know what Indiana's going to do with him. Maybe they want to bring him back. But I think he'd be great off Milwaukee's bench. And then Joe Ingles just – Another realistic low cost. I know he's coming off the ACL, but when he's healthy, he's he's a great shooter. You know, he's I think he's 40 percent for his career and it's not like two attempts or something like that. Like just a really good shooter um, can play a handful of positions. I think he could even be that small ball four. he's not the ideal one, but he could line up with that if you need him to. And the big thing there is just the health, you know. If he's willing to take a minimum and maybe be back in March, April, I don't, I don't know the timeline, but just come back and maybe play some kind of a role down the line. I think that could be a, a huge pickup, just given his experience, what he brings, how how good he would fit, you know. So those are probably my top three realistic ones. I didn't I didn't go too crazy just looking at how they can patch up some little holes on the roster and yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into free agency in another episode as well. So, Lucas, give me your three names that you'd like to target free agency right now. Just three names. All right. Um, Dennis Schroeder, and then I got two shockers here, Bryn Forbes and Marquise <laughs> Morris. A reunion with Bryn. I like it. I like it. Yeah, my three were just Joe Ingles, Thaddeus Young, and Isaiah Hardenstein. So, we'll see. They're going to have plenty of options obviously, but they'll be restricted and limited with flexibility-wise because of the luxury tax and ownership willing to spend that money. But we'll conclude here with our dream offseason for the Bucks, guys. So put your shoes in the general manager, John Horst. You have to make decisions on the draft, free agency, and any trades you might want to make. What would you do in the shoes of John Horst? Dalton, I'll start with you. Yeah, so a dream offseason for me, you somehow get George Hill, send him to George Hill, our first match salary, whatever you got to do, get PJ Washington, bring in a good score, good shooter, small ball four, checks off a lot of boxes, bring him in, sign Dennis Schroeder to get that backup point guard, Dennis Schroeder or Javon Carter. Really, I like both of those guys. I think Aaron Holiday is really intriguing. He's going to be a restricted free agent, but that would really be it. Resign. Bobby and Pat obviously bring West back. And I think that's a really good team if you get upgrades with Schroeder and TJ Washington. Gotcha. Lucas? I think for my dream offseason would be if we are able to address all of our weaknesses because missing PJ Tucker, yeah, missing PJ Tucker last year was something that was really well noticed, particularly in the playoff series against Boston. I do feel like we would have beat Boston if we had P.J. Tucker and not George Hill running around in circles trying to guard <laughs> Jason Tatum. He didn't really do anything on either side. He was just running out there. <laughs> but So, yeah, P.J. Washington is a guy that I would like to trade for, too, because – and he's young. I think he's under 25 years old. I don't know how old he is, actually. I think he's like 23, 24, maybe. So he's young. And he's a realistic get. 
And then I mentioned Brent Forbes because that also fills our outside shooting problem that we've had in the playoffs. Like even when we won the championship, we had a problem shooting in the playoffs. We've always struggled to make threes in the playoffs. So if Forbes can come in and make some, then I don't see why not you bring him back too. Right. Yeah, my dream offseason for the Bucks is just keep the 24th in the 24th pick in the NBA draft. Select Dalen Terry, Jalen Williams, or EJ Liddell for available. Resign Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Wesley Matthews, and Javon Carter. So we're basically running it back. Then fill out the rest of the rotation with guys in free agency that can make shots, be a playmaker, or be or provide versatility on the way. That's that's my preference for Milwaukee. Nothing too big. But basically what I want them to do and what I think they're gonna do is just have the mentality of running it back, improve the supporting cast, make another shot at pursuing NBA championship. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Always fun to talk bucks. Uh, to conclude, make sure you follow Dalton on Twitter at cell underscore Dalton. Follow Lucas on Twitter at Real Lucasu three four five and follow me at jweinbach nba also check out behindthebuckpass.com where we write our analysis and thoughts about the bucks and you can follow them on twitter at behind the bucks thanks guys have a good one thank you too thanks for having me yeah thanks for having us Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.